Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the NASCAR NBC podcast. I'm your host, Nate Ryan. Today here at Xfinity Playoff Media Day, where I am joined by Christopher Bell from Joe Gibbs Racing. Thanks for being here, Christopher. Thanks for having me. All right, appreciate it. So in the research I did for this, Christopher, I was looking at your background, and I'm just struck at how many similarities there are with Kyle Larson. You guys are kind of inextricably linked, not just from the Chili Bowl battle that you won this year, but the way you've followed in his footsteps, literally, in some cases, with the teams you've been on. So I just want to talk about your background and how it's similar to his and coming up through dirt racing. I should give some credit to the Open Red podcast. You have been on there twice and had a lot of interesting things to say about where you came from. And the first I want to ask you about is you start out running micro sprints, is that right, in mm-hmm. Oklahoma when you were 11 or 12. What is the Oklahoma racing scene like? I know, obviously, there's the Chili Bowl in Tulsa, but what was it like growing up? Did you grow up in Norman? Is yeah, right? okay. yeah. So I actually started racing at six. Uh, it was my <laughs> first year racing. So the micro scene in Oklahoma is, is actually, or it was really big. There were racetracks spread out all over Oklahoma. And, um, you know, it's kind of headlined by the Tulsa shootout, which is actually it's at the same venue, same racetrack as the Chili Bowl. It's just run a couple weeks earlier. So uh, the micro scene is really big in Oklahoma. That's where I cut my teeth growing up. And, you know, I, I lived in Oklahoma till I was 16 years old. And then I actually moved to Ohio to run sprint cars. Uh, there's not as big as micro sprint racing is in Oklahoma, which are basically miniature sprint cars. There's really no sprint car stuff in Oklahoma. Right. I was surprised you didn't run a sprint car till you were 17, uh, 16, 16. Okay. Yep. Yeah. yep. So there's no sprint car racing in Oklahoma and you see it time and time again. There's a ton of professional race car drivers that come out of Oklahoma. You have most recently Brady Bacon, myself, and then moving on forward, Andy Hillenberg is, you know, a really famous sprint car driver, ran with the World of Outlaws, Darren Pittman, Shane Stewart. There's a ton of sprint car racers that uh, make a living in the sport, but all of them get out of Oklahoma. <laughs> They're from Oklahoma, <laughs> right. but there's no sprint car racing there, so you have to kind of move out. So uh, I moved to Ohio, lived in Ohio for, I think, a year or so, uh, and then moved to Indiana to pursue my racing career. But yeah, so I grew up in Oklahoma, and then I, I got out of there in my middle teen years and it's sort of weird because so there's no weekly scene in your native state but yet the chili bowl one of the probably what two or three most prestigious events in the entire sprint car world is is based in tulsa yeah it's crazy man the the chili bowl that's that's really what they got there's no weekly sprint car racing the outlaws come in you know once every other year or so and have one race a year there one race every two years or so but uh yeah there's there's no sprint car racing in oklahoma it's a shame but i did grow up micro sprint racing there 
I saw you said that if you would have had like a suitcase full of cash, it would have been a lot easier. How did you get the break where you, it's Keith Coons, Keith, Keith Coons Motorsports. Okay. Yeah. And you were racing alongside Kyle Larson when you started there. Is that right? Or did you replace him or? Yeah. So I, I actually replaced him. Okay. Uh, Kyle obviously lived in California and he ran the Chili Bowl a couple years and Keith Coons and Pete Willoughby, which are co-owners of Keith Coons Motorsports, they kind of, Keith went out to California and watched Kyle race and Kyle or Keith told Pete, Hey man, you need to watch this kid. So they hired Kyle to run their house car and to compete for the USAC championship. So Kyle, uh, moved back to Indiana, raced the USAC national midget series, um, ran full time for the championship for, I think it was one year, maybe two. Then he got his cane in deal. So he went to Charlotte NASCAR land, like I like to call it. And, uh, <laughs> In comes me to, you know, I got the ride behind Kyle to run um, for the USAC championship, driving for Pete Willoughby and Keith Coons. And, uh, you know, that started, I was driving for a uh, a car owner in Oklahoma, and we were based out of Oklahoma, and there's, like I said, there's no midget racing or sprint car racing in Oklahoma, so we always had to travel up to Indiana and Illinois. And several times we were parked right beside the Keith Coons Motorsports Group, and Kyle was there, and... Um, Pete actually told me that the reason how he found me was because he thought I looked like Jason Myers and Jason Myers is a two-time world of outlaw champion. And, uh, he's obviously well-known in the sprint car world. So they said, I looked like a mini Jason Myers <laughs> and that caught their attention. And me and Kyle, you know, we're in a couple of the same heat races and, uh, stuff like that. So they kind of watched me a little bit and I was always in an underfunded, you know, low buck, low dollar team car and ran competitive. And, uh, yeah, so they got, they, took a chance on me whenever I was 18 years old to run for the championship there. And the rest is kind of, you yeah. know, so not, not just, it wasn't your driving style. Was it you facially you, you That's resembled how, him? Yeah. <laughs> so that was how I first, you know, caught their attention. Right. They'd never heard of me or obviously seen me race or anything, but I was pitted right beside him at a dirt track in Illinois. And they're like, Oh my gosh, that kid looks like mini Jason Myers. And, <laughs> and so then from that, you know, that sparked their interest in me and just so happened that me and Kyle lined up somewhat in the same heat race or whatever. Yeah. And did your thing. Mm -hmm. So, and then it was, uh, 2013 was that first full season with them. And at that point, Kyle Larson previously had been driving Toyota stuff with, with Keith Coons, but wasn't a Toyota guy. He leaves obviously and moves on to another manufacturer and Toyota realizes, well, wait a second. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we should hold on to this guy. And and that boded well, I would presume for you. Yeah. So I, uh, I am, totally the benefactor of Larson leaving. <laughs> that's for sure. Okay. You know, Larson is the most talented guy I've ever seen drive a race car. So, you know, a lot of people say the same thing and, and believe that, you know, he's one of the most raw talented guys in the, in the world. But whenever he left and ha- started having his success in NASCAR, or I should say before he left the, the Toyota guys, I'm pretty sure they told me they, t- they took him to Chicago and took him to the NASCAR races and said, Hey, this is Kyle Larson. You know, he's running our USAC cars and he's really good. And they're like, okay, well, you know, what can you do? Yeah. What kind of sponsorship are you bringing? Right. (laughs) Uh, Thankfully, Chip Ganassi took a shot on him and, you know, he went and ran what, three or four truck races and was fantastic in all of them. And uh, the rest is history for him. But 
you know, I'm, I'm the benefactor of him moving on. And, and you know, they kind of said, well, we're not going to let the next Kyle Larson get away. And in comes Christopher Bell. You got asked, you know, was it good or bad to follow him? And you said, well, I've sort of always been under the shade of other trees, as you put it. So in this case, I guess it was good, even though you were overshadowed somewhat because it, it led you to where you are now. Yeah, I always like to say it's a double-edged sword, right? Like you hop in a race car that Kyle Larson just drove full-time and he's, you know, I said he's the most talented guy. He is the most talented guy. Well, how do you follow that up? Mm -hmm. So, uh, but on the other hand, you know, you got guys that look at you and, and Toyota's not wanting to let another talent like that get away. So you just uh, have to produce. And, and luckily I've been fortunate enough to produce somewhat anyway. Yeah. Oh, I, I would say you've produced fairly well <laughs> this season. Obviously a breakout year for you in the Xfinity Series. You enter the playoffs as, if not a co-favorite of Justin Allgaier's, certainly one of the guys a lot of people are looking at as a championship favorite. I've heard you say, Christopher, that you don't necessarily enjoy the attention, even though you're well-spoken. I think you handle the media well. Kind of a, I race for results and I don't really care if what comes along with it. Is that sort of how you approach it? Yeah, I've, I don't know, I'm just a really shy, reserved person, so I, I don't like, I definitely don't like being in the spotlight. You know, I, if I could drive a white race car and get to go out there and, <laughs> and race and just pull it in the garage and leave, you know, I, I would definitely be my, my favorite lifestyle, but, you know, we all know that's not, that's not how this game works, so, but I definitely would rather be out of the limelight, so, yeah. So it's not really your thing to sort of pound your chest and say, pay attention to me. I would, I would prefer superstar. not to. Okay. Yeah. Are you still doing some dirt racing like Kyle does on the side? And we've seen other guys do that. Is that something that you, you, you try to do as much as possible? Or? Yeah. Uh, I've, I've run a lot of dirt races. Let me pull up my phone here. Um, I've run in 2018. So far, I've run 52 races total. Really? Yeah. Wow. And that's what? 20 some NASCAR races. So I've done a lot of dirt races this year and I've got, you know, a couple more scheduled for the end of the year during our off weeks and stuff like that. So, you know, during my little hot streak that I had where I won three in a row, it was in the middle of going dirt racing in the weeks. And there's a lot of speed weeks going on that I ran sprint car races in. So, you know, that all, I feel like it translates. If I get to go dirt racing and I enjoy it, it makes me happy, and I, I perform better on the NASCAR side. Now, I heard you say, though, that your name sort of gets lost sometimes in the dirt racing world because you're not racing full-time sprint cars anymore, and I don't you don't have your own team, right. I guess, right? So right. It's, I've heard you say in the past that it's kind of hard to find a ride on off weekends, but if, if you've raced 52 times this year, is it getting less difficult to find people to put you in their sprint cars? In? I wish I could say yes, but, you know, I, luckily I've got kind of a, a group of people that I stay in touch with and I can talk to and go run for, but... You know, there's a lot of races, especially the Xfinity schedule is not as bad, but the truck schedule is really bad. You go to Daytona, Atlanta, back-to-back, -back, and now they went to Vegas. But before I had, you know, what it was, a month or two months off there in the springtime where sprint car racing hasn't really started in, in the Midwest stuff, and the Outlaws are out west in California, but I don't have any car owners out there that, that I personally know or they don't know that I'm available or, or whatever. So finding sprint car rides has been extremely difficult for me yeah i don't know like larson has kind of i'm going to say he's lucked out but he has paul silva which basically has a car sitting there waiting on him whenever he wants to go race so uh, i don't really have that luxury of a team sitting there waiting on me to, to go run sprint cars and if that was the case i'd be able to race a lot more a lot more than 52 times <laughs> yeah <through> september yeah <laughs> so oh. there's there i mean there's been a I mean, all of volusia and 
in February, I, I could have gone and ran. And, you know, there's just been a number, numerous events like that that I could have gone and raced had I had a sprint car available to me. And unlike Larson, who I think is limited to about 25 races a year, you don't have any restrictions on your moonlighting. Uh, uh, as of right now, you know, I, I kind of got guidelines. I'm, I'm not going to go run a sprint car the Thursday before a Xfinity race. But, yeah. uh, you know, most of the time, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday stuff or off weeks, I'm I can go race. Back-to-back Chili Bowl wins, and I know, obviously, that's a huge sprint car event, as we discussed. I know you've also talked about World of Outlaws, and you've won in that series as well, Mm -hmm. right? Do you intend to kind of go back to dirt racing at some point after the NASCAR career is over? No, I, I won't be happy just pavement racing. That being said, I don't think I will be happy just dirt racing either. So Mm -hmm. I enjoy, I I really enjoy the NASCAR racing because it's such a, uh, it's so different from what I grew up doing. But if I was dirt racing, I would definitely miss the NASCAR racing too. So um, I don't really know what my future holds as far as, you know, retirement or anything like that. I'm only 20 something years old. So hopefully you got got a ways to go. Hopefully (laughs) I've got a couple more years in me, but uh, yeah, I I just love racing and I'm going to be racing something for a very long time where whatever that may be so you just raced dirt this past weekend at uh at vegas right in the i ran the canine race, race. I, w- I don't know if we'd call that dirt racing yeah. <laughs> but yes i did run the canine race it's one of the reasons i want to ask you about because i'm a huge fan of the eldora truck race and i've been advocating pretty much since it started that i think nascar should look at xfinity and cup Mm-hmm. at a place like Eldora, where I know you, you've won in the past. But guys like Larson have said no, and obviously that k race at Vegas showed there might be some challenges to putting cup cars or Xfinity cars on dirt. How do you feel about it, especially after that Vegas experience? I think there would be no problem at all, no challenges at all, going uh-huh. to the right dirt track with the right people in place. Vegas was an epic failure, yeah, total epic disaster. But it was because they didn't have the right people in place taking care of the racetrack. Dirt racing is 100% dependent upon track preparation. You go to, it doesn't matter what race, what dirt track you go to, some nights are awesome and some nights are awful. And it's just due to the preparation. And that's just the name of the game in dirt racing. So I think that, you know, you take cup cars or Xfinity cars to the right racetrack with the right people in place and it would be a great show. Would Goodyear need to look at maybe a different tire? Cup cars have so much that horsepower to weight ratio, which I know is somewhat similar sometimes to sprint cars would they need a different tire to be able to put the power of the ground on a dirt track or i don't know the tire that we have for the trucks and what the k&n cars ran last week is extremely hard um so you're you're really grip limited with the with that tire uh but the the track surface is it has to be grip limited too because if the track's wet and has grip in it the windshields get muddered up so you can't see yeah uh so you i guess you might think you need a little bit softer tire but you know, I, they if they wanted to, they could do it tomorrow and, and have no issues with it. The biggest thing is is the windshields. That's that's a huge problem running stock cars on dirt. At Eldora, we've kind of, you know, Tony does a really good job of getting the surface prepared, but we all want a a racetrack that has moisture in it, right? But you can't have too much moisture in it because the windshields get muddered up and then you can't see. Mm-hmm. Well. The, ex- the extreme opposite happened at, at Vegas where we had no moisture in the racetrack and not only could the fans not see, the drivers couldn't see either. And, you know, they went out there and they watered it a little bit to calm the dust down, but still the you get so much dust that sits on the inside and the outside of the windshields that it's really hard to see. So um, the windshields are the biggest problem dirt racing stock cars. What dirt tracks do you think could handle a NASCAR series, a big league event? So I'm just going to tell you track-wise, not facility-wise. Obviously Eldora because it's got the truck race. 
Knoxville, probably facility and racetrack would be a good venue to go to. Calistoga in California, um, I don't know about the the uh, facility itself, but the track could be an excellent place. Las Vegas, uh, the Charlotte Dirt Track. Wow. You know, there's racetracks all over the place. Lucas Oil Speedway in Missouri is, that's a 3-8 mile, so it's a little bit smaller. But, you know, there, there's racetracks all over all over that could that could do it. Roger Slack, you know at Eldora, has been lobbying NASCAR to maybe adjust the schedule so there would be fewer laps during the afternoon today for like a, a dirt NASCAR yeah, race. Would, so that's, would that help? Yeah. Yes, and that's another thing. At Las Vegas, we practiced at 1 in the afternoon for 6 hours on Wednesday, and then we practiced at 1 in the afternoon for 2 hours on Thursday, and you, you can't do that. Like, yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. reason why dirt races run at night, because you have to you have to have water in the racetrack, and especially in the the desert heat in las vegas you just it's impossible so there's definitely some scheduling conflicts of you know when you can have the cars on the racetrack but bottom line it all goes down to the windshield you it it doesn't matter what time you hit the racetrack you can't have too much water in it because then the windshields get muttered up we need to talk nascar into taking the windshields out then we can have a real dirt race (laughs) (laughs) i'm with you i would love to see you race on dirt in a cup or an xfinity car and uh we'll look forward to seeing you racing obviously through the xfinity playoffs you like your chances i do like my chances the the playoffs this year especially for the xfinity schedule is i feel like right up my alley i like to call myself a, a mile and a half guy because that's what i i love mile and a half racing man it's it's my it's my favorite like it's just awesome and round two and round three is kansas texas phoenix homestead and then dover might as well be a mile and a half richmond's a really fun short track so I, we got a lot of really good racetracks coming up lays out well for you all right well um thanks again for making time for us christopher really appreciate you being on the nascar nbc podcast is available on apple Podcasts, stitcher google play spotify feedback please send to me on twitter at Nate Ryan is my handle. Thanks again for listening to the NASCAR and NBC podcast. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.